Hey, who do you think would win a fight? Well, what do you mean? Well, if you and I ever got into like a really serious fight, you know, and the punches started flying, who do you think would win? Well, I think that's pretty obvious. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. The bat is dead. Bury it. Fight back! You coward, fight back! You just started a war. Dark fire will not avail you. Flame of Udun! Never give up. Never surrender. We must fight. You've always run away from a fight. Have not? You have so. Have not? You have so. Have not? You have so and you know it. What's up, Who Would Winners, and welcome to episode number 111 of the Who Would Win cast, the podcast that analyzes fictional fights between familiar faces. My name is Steve. Why did it have to be snakes? This is Chris. I don't know why it had to be snakes. Of all the things they could have picked for him to be scared of, snakes. I mean, he is in the jungles a lot. That's true. He, kind of, he encounters snakes. Like, if they picked something that he never would see. It, it makes me uh, more comfortable that Indiana Jones is afraid of snakes, because I'm afraid of snakes. So I'm like, oh, well... Well, that's really, Indiana Jones is afraid of snakes. That's so. really what Indiana Jones is supposed to be. Just like this great hero that you can just project yourself on when you watch. You can be like, that could be me. Exactly. And then you're like, oh, I'm just like him. Mm-hmm. He's afraid of snakes. Exactly. And he punches Nazis in the face all the time. Mm-hmm. And communists. And communists. And we're going to get to that too. Chris, how are you today? I'm pretty good. How are you? Pretty good. We had an adventure yesterday. Something. Uh, Ugh, yeah. <laughs> I'm all sore. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was pretty fun, though. Frequent guest of the show, Dan, uh, just recently purchased his first home with his wife, Erica. So congratulations to Dan. And we helped him move uh, from his uh, current apartment to his new home, which was only like three miles away. Pretty close. Yep. But in terms of travel time, it was like 20 minutes, which wasn't bad. Um, we had a, we had to drive a U-Haul from down where we lived because uh, he had a bunch of his... Uh, his uh furniture and stored in my garage and we had to haul it up there and thus the u-haul that's why they call it such um and it was a it was a fun experience it was a little nerve-wracking at times i told you yesterday there were a couple times where i merged and i just prayed to god there wasn't anybody (laughs) yeah you waited till the end to tell me that (laughs) i've never have you ever driven something like that before no like the only time i drove it was like the five miles from the rental to your house yeah and uh yeah, that was uh, that was definitely an experience. I'm going to put that on my resume for sure. If, for to people listening, this was also like a smaller Utah U-Haul. This was like a 10 it was like a ten footer. Yeah, yeah, I think. Yeah, it wasn't anything super super Man. big. I could. <laughs> I'm driving down like the, like the highway, and I'm like, oh, I could drive a tractor trailer, no problem. This is easy. I think the biggest thing is just not having a rear view mirror. Like having yeah. to use your side mirrors to see behind. You. So I didn't look at it or look for it as much as I thought I was. Cause you said you did it a bunch of times at first when you started driving it, right? You said yeah. you were always looking at. I, I never. I don't think I at all maybe maybe once but well now i know you were mostly just crossing your fingers and remember how remember how i had you adjust the mirrors before i left and i said that one on the right was fine yeah it was not fine i i i knew it it was like so low right (laughs) once we started driving i was like i made a mistake yeah we're like we're like like six feet tall and when i drove it i'm like oh the last person who drove this was a child and then you had me adjust it the smallest amount (laughs) and you're like no it's good all i could see was my 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 tires (laughs) so bad oh man the, the last one was perfect though that one was fine but uh hey it made for uh it made for a fun adventure <laughs> and we survived uh note make sure you adjust your uh side view mirrors whenever you're driving that way you don't have to uh just pray to god and hope that no one's there i did look over my shoulder but still you never know um so chris uh we have a uh, review on itunes which means it's time for a fictional background let's do it insert sting there maybe well, we'll have one day. 
eventually we'll have like fans that submit us um songs or something i'll, I'll take it absolutely uh all right so this comes from user starburger and the title of the review is best podcast ever followed by looks like uh five exclamation points so a lot of excitement there a lot of energy and the review, the review reads, I love this podcast, and I love to listen to it all the time. Your matchups are so creative and cool. I've been listening for a couple months now, and so far, so good. Keep up the good work. Uh, cheese face, smiley uh, emoji. Uh, Starburger. Uh, so, uh, and this, this is where it gets a little confusing. Because uh, when I uh, screenshotted this review about a month ago, uh, five stars. So thank you so much, Starburger. Really, really appreciate you uh, taking the time to leave us that uh, that five-star review on iTunes. And the reason I say this is where it gets a little confusing is because if you were to go on iTunes and look at that review right now, it's only one star. It's one star. So, but, it's, but it's the exact same words. They say best podcast ever. I listen to it all the time. Been listening for a couple months, but one star. So I'm, I'm really sorry, Starburger, if we had done something that... Uh, left you to change your five star review to a one star review over the last month. Maybe we over really the insulted last him, or or she, yeah, or her. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I, I apologize. You were going after Germany pretty hard that one episode. <sighs> yeah. Maybe maybe he or she is German. Perhaps maybe that resulted in a lower uh, lower star rating. Uh, so, but hey, I mean, like we 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 always say, we take uh, all reviews, no matter uh, what star amount that they have. So, uh, Starburger, you will get uh, your fictional background. And uh, like I normally do when we get a, an interesting name, the first thing I do is I search the name, and I search uh, Starburger, and, and it's spelt uh, S-T-A-R-B-E-R-G-E-R, not a burger like a hamburger, but a star burger. So I found a, a LinkedIn profile for a guy named Marcus Starburger. And uh, this this Mr. Marcus Starburger has had a v wide range of uh, different uh, jobs uh, at different companies. He currently works uh, at, at a place called uh, Starburger Group, where he is the CEO. Uh, he also was the uh, the owner and partner at a place called Iconfest. He was the co-founder of a place called Vodler Group. He was the founder and partner at Atflick Group. He was the founder and CEO of Galaxter Group. He's also not made up. Uh, yeah, he was the founder and CEO of Starburger Productions. Uh, so he has a whole lot of different um, jobs and uh, and titles at various different companies. So so the reason I think that this might be the Starburger from our Starburger review is because uh, the the Starburger who left this review it seems like they're a little indecisive. It seems like they like to change. They go from five star to one star, which is hey, that's fine. That's that that's your cup of tea. You can drink it the way you want to. But this Mister Starburger here. Uh, he, he's had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven different jobs, uh, in the past, looks like 20 years, which there's nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that at all. Uh, but it does seem like he may be a little indecisive when it comes to, uh, choosing and sticking with the, uh, the profession that he, he enjoys the most. So I'm thinking that this is probably most likely not, but you never know. <laughs> The uh, the Starburger that left us this review. So uh, so Marcus Starburger, the CEO of Starburger Group. If if you're listening to this podcast and this was you, please let us know. Uh, and we'd be curious as to uh, what we can do to to rectify the 
the one star that you uh, lowered it to. But you know, if that's if that's the way you feel, that's that's okay with us. That that's your opinion. You're allowed to be heard. Chris, what do you think? Do you think I'm uh, way off the map here? Or? Oh boy! So I I don't know if his indecisiveness as much as uh, he just founds a bunch of companies. <laughs> but is all his, the companies that he found they, finds though they're like, they're all like they're all gone though are they real like is this just if could I just say I founded a company called Gal- Galagaga Productions and I'm this founder and CEO and put it on my LinkedIn and I mean I guess you could yeah Galaxter Group let's see if, if there's anything with Galaxter Group there's another guy Samuel Gottfarb that's a cool last name he was the CFD engineer uh, there uh, yeah I don't know so he was a multitasker hmm that seems like a fake job are these maybe just shell companies are these fronts like can we tell what they actually do uh that one i couldn't get any information on <laughs> his new one uh the starburger group it's got a banner hey it's got a banner that looks pretty official uh it's uh, le- personal high level decision makers within the movie music and entertainment industry all right could be uh that's probably how he found our podcast exactly he worked as ceo within strategic management capital investments organized and built multiple ventures in the live entertainment industry streaming social media vod and media tv space for over 20 years uh yeah he uh let's see yeah i mean hey who knows that, makes, that actually checks out someone who's probably high up in the exactly. in, entertainment industry. So, they so probably all listen to our podcast. So I'm really glad that he uh, he he listens and he and he reached out to leave us a review. And I'm sorry that uh, you know you had to you had to change it there. Maybe a little indecisiveness led to that, but that's totally up to you, Mr. Starburger. So, Starburger, thank you so much for leaving us uh, that review. And hopefully, your fictional background uh, met and exceeded your expectations, which sound like they're pretty low now. Oh, bottom of the barrel. <laughs> bottom of the barrel. Absolutely. Uh, Chris, before we get into today's episode, uh, we just kind of want to talk about a couple poll results. It's still ongoing, but we can kind of give uh, the listeners an idea of the current feel for some of our polls. So a couple weeks back, we did Neo versus Parsifal uh, going off in the Matrix and the Oasis. And currently, it's a 50-50 split between uh, Neo and Parsifal. And after that episode aired, actually, they announced that the, the sequel book, Ready Player Two, is going to be coming out this fall. Um, so I hope uh, people get excited for that and, and check that out uh, this coming November. And then last week we had Ang vs. Toph uh, in Legends of the Hidden Temple, those two Avatar The Last Airbender characters. And uh, Toph is currently leading 57% to Ang's 43% in, in the two of those uh, going off. Chris, would you like me to refresh any of the pages? Yeah, just refresh them real quick. Oh my gosh, this is breaking news here, folks. <laughs> Neo versus Parzival. Parzival is currently at 45%. Neo at 54%. The tie wow. has been broken. How? Wow. It's like you knew. It's like you knew I needed to refresh that page. That is incredible. Wow. So, like we mentioned, we're just going to kind of talk a little bit about every uh, poll from the previous episodes before... Uh, the newer episodes, we, we won't go back to all of them throughout the show, but you can uh, check them out if you go to www.whodwincast.com slash vote. There's a whole list of thumbnails from every episode that we've ever produced. You can click on it. You can vote. And if you click the see other responses, you can look at how other people have voted as well. So even if you're listening to old episodes from three, four years ago, check them out, vote, and let us know what you think. Chris, anything you want to add before we get started today? Hmm. No, I don't think so. All right. Um, it's crazy how those polls just changed just it's, now. It's insane. It's insane. I'm really glad, though, that like you had the eye to say, hey, Steve, you should refresh those pages because I think we might have some uh, some incoming votes as we are recording live right now. So 
I appreciate that. Thank you. You're welcome. All right. So, um, as always, remember, if you have any ideas for any future matchups or scenarios, or if you just like to say hello, you can reach us through Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Send us an email at whowouldwincast at gmail.com. And consider checking out our website, www.whowouldwincast.com. You can also subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And please leave us a rating on iTunes so to help us spread the word about our show. And we'll give you a shout-out on our show, and that way we both win. You give us a shout We give you a shout-out, and we get uh, some reviews to help us on the Apple Store. Yep. If that's how you define winning, you win. Works for us. Chris, what are we talking about today? Today's a, a bit of an interesting premise. I, I really am excited to talk to talk about it's, this. It's a little different uh, th- uh, format than we've normally done. Yes, it's it's a movie versus movie. But what we're going to talk about is we're each going to defend a movie we like that may have a large negative following. Or that was probably a weird way to describe it. Yeah, no, a, I think a large amount of negative feedback or reviews. Correct. So uh, I'm going to pick, and, and and we both watched both of these movies. Uh, recently, yep. in the past week, uh, and then we also watched a third movie, which I think is going to come up, but is not for sure up for debate. But I think I'm going to definitely rely on that movie. A little You're going to rely too. on it? Yeah, I feel like it hurts your case. Well, we'll just have to talk yeah, about we'll, it when we'll, it comes. Yeah, up we'll again. get there. Uh, all right, so so I am picking the 2008 film Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, and you're picking the 2002 film Kung Pao: Enter the Fist. <laughs> Both. Uh, both vastly different movies. For sure. For for sure. Uh, Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull is available to watch on Netflix as of the airing of this episode. So if you haven't seen it before or if you think it ruined your childhood and you haven't watched it in 12 years, I recommend that you go back and give it a uh, second opinion. So um, are, is the negative view of that film... Um... Can we do we see that in reviews or do we just see that in like a vocal minority of the fandom? So I think it's in a vocal minority of the fan in the fandom because uh, so Rotten Tomatoes is an aggregate. So we can't say it speaks for everybody. So I think on Rotten Tomatoes, I believe it has a score of 78 percent user rating. I think it's like in the 60s. Uh, IMDb, I think, it has a 6.1 uh, out of 10 Wait, in stars for real. I believe so. Do you know what my movie has on, on IMDb? Oh, God, it's probably more than that. A 6.2. Really? Yeah. Wow, but I'm I'm a 14 Metascore on IMDb. See, I don't know what Indiana Jones' is, okay. uh, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull's Metascore is. So, so yes, yeah, so Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. A lot of people, especially hardcore Indiana Jones fans, they don't like it. They feel like it was unnecessary, which I can see that argument. They think it's. I'm going to be making it as well. They think it's just a bad movie, which I disagree with, um, and. Some people, like I mentioned, uh, in South Park really amplified this, uh, said that this movie ruined their childhood, to which I will adamantly disagree with that because the three Indiana Jones films still exist. So it's not like they they were retconned or just deleted from existence. So your childhood is still preserved. Um, so now your film, uh, Kung Pao, Enter the Fist, is is really interesting because... I've never seen it before. So you saw Kingdom of the Crystal Skull at least once before yeah. rewatching it. I've never seen Kung Pao. I, uh, I remember seeing uh, the poster for it, and I thought it was really weird because there's this guy with, like, an eight-pack, and he has uh, two uh, – are they squirrels? Beavers? I think they were beavers. Beavers, and he's using them as nunchucks. And I just thought, like, wow, this is a really weird-looking movie. 
and and you and I watched it this past week. Uh, I think we, we where we, you had a copy on your computer, mm-hmm. and uh, that was yeah, that was interesting. I I don't know how to describe that it, movie. I'll I'll talk about it more. I wanted to say one thing first. So okay. as we're going to be kind of uh, saying why we think our movie is good and the other movie is bad, I just want to say like. You should enjoy the movies you enjoy. Like, correct. If you Absolutely. like any movie, just you can just like it. Yeah. Don't I'll, worry if if we're if we say something bad about a movie you like. It's just difference of opinion. Right. And actually, well, I'll say it at the end. But uh, okay, that's what I want to say for now. You know. Yeah. Like, all, all, mo- not... all, all movies are subjective, and and we don't want to get into that that fan culture of that stinks. You know, Last Jedi is awful, or right. Came of the Crystal Skull ruined your childhood, or. Or whatnot. Absolutely. If you enjoy it, you know, go for it. That's that's fantastic. But uh, just for terms of debate and, and arguing why it may not have worked for us or maybe what could have been done different, that's kind of what, what we're looking at. So I think that was a good uh, preface. Yeah, to I just there. want to say that before we get in too deep here. Absolutely. So um, what I would say about Kung Pao, so it's a, it's a kung fu parody movie. Yes. It's a comedy. It... Um, it leans into the silly a little bit of like the surreal is surreal absurd type of comedy. Uh, definitely, I see like Monty Python influences, Mel Brooks influences in it a little bit. Yeah, so that's the kind of stuff you're looking at with that movie. Um, so what would make what what makes that movie good and bad, and what would make it bad? So how how high is our is our bar here? Like, is it a successful comedy? Yeah, I, I mean, I I don't think you and I would argue that. King of the Crystal Skull or Kung Pao should have been like best picture no, nominees. Not, not at my all. Goal not at all. all. No, absolutely not. Because the movie can be good without being the greatest thing to ever enter yes. our culture. Right. You know, or you can enjoy it without, you know, having to win all of these awards. Yes. And the other thing I wanted to say, as a person who likes bad movies, like like very like I like I like <laughs> a bad movie because it's bad and because they're because it's funny in a bad way. Right. I don't think this movie is that. I will I didn't when we were talking about the movies I like that might be bad. I didn't give you any of those because I think that's a whole different category. Yes. Because, like, they are bad. Right. But I still like them. I actually think this is, like, like a good comedy. So this movie made me question what constitutes a movie. <laughs> and, I, and I don't mean that in a negative way because it made me really curious as to, well, what do you have to have in order for a movie to be considered a movie? Are you referring to the way they shot it? Yes. So they, they did a really interesting thing. Where they took a lot of footage from mainly two existing kung fu movies, and then they green screen basically one actor over top of another character, and then they dub all the lines. Correct. So I didn't even know it was two movies. I just thought it was one movie. It, I think it's most all the footage is from basically two movies. Wow. So that's that's where I was like, well, what makes it a movie? Because I mean, and I don't mean this in an insulting way. Like I feel like he kind of plagiarized that previous movie. Not because he's copying it to make and saying that this is my own, but like he's literally using all of these shots from another movie and just incorporating himself into it. So he does write his own script. So I would say, well, yeah, to have a movie, you have to have a script. But he didn't, I mean, he did shoot a lot of the green screen stuff that he was in, but everything else, like he didn't. Well, I think there was he a lot of it. a lot of planning and editing. So and, I, I mean, I respect it for that. We're, it's clearly a parody. So right, I, I mean, there would be no like copyright issues for that. He he's he's 
I'm sure he got permission and, and all that stuff. He might stuff. not have. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I would I would hope that he would have. Uh, I think it's They may not even notice. Steve Odekirk was Something, the writer yeah. and the he played the main character. Yeah. Yeah, so so He also did all the dubbed voices except for the one girl. Oh, the uh, the 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 one girl that was actually that like he actually shot that scene. Yes, yes. The girl with the the one breast. Yes, I believe that. I believe her, yeah. <laughs> it's a really interesting movie. It's PG-13 if you want to go check it out. But uh, yes, I mean that's that's where I was like really like hmm like is this a movie? Because like yes, he did write a script, and but he and he did like edit. It was edited and you know and 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 he did act in it. But a lot of it is just other people's work that he just kind of insert himself into, and was like, I'm in. I'm this is my movie now. This this Kung Pao Enter the Fist. And 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 I and I'll say like I don't think I, I appreciate like what the movie was trying to do. Like I get it. I really do get it. But I think another movie we watched this week, which was a movie called Black Dynamite from two thousand nine, which I feel like is kind of similar. It it is also like a kung fu parody. Movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh and and I feel like though that movie just did what Kung Pao was trying to do, but just much better. That's that's how I feel about Kung Pao. I don't because when we first started watching it, that opening scene with the baby like doing yeah. like so all the flips. It, it opens with a very bad CGI baby doing flips and kung fu fighting someone in a house. Yeah, and so it opens really weird. And I thought you were going to be turned off from the beginning, but then you said that you're like, oh no, I might like this. I was afraid. I really was like when that. I, I, I was thought shocked that was, that was like pulling you in. I thought that was funny uh, when like the baby like rolled down the hill and then the one. A villager like picked it up and and they're like oh little baby and then they just throw it down the hill again like that made me laugh and that's where I was kind of worried I'm like uh oh I'm like we're trying to watch this for our podcast and and uh, you know this you is needed be, to not like I it needed to so not like it and and I, and I don't also want to say I don't I don't want to say that I went in thinking well I have to not like this movie because Chris is picking it as something that he does that he likes you know so and like I said I I I appreciate what he was trying to do. I think he was creative. It kind of reminded me of Forrest Gump with the green screen and he's inserting himself into other footage cuz there were some shots where I feel like you can't even tell that he yes. cuz he's like touching people's well hair that weren't even there. It was it was very well done I think technically. But in terms of that's where I'm like oh, the story is is funny and I I get it and it was comedy. So was, so does that does his use of that technique like does that affect your opinion of the movie like is that part of the reason you don't like it no like it's, that's right it's like twofold like i appreciate that he was able to do that because i think that technical advancement of inserting yourself into a 20 year old movie and doing it very well like i honestly there were some shots where i honestly thought that he reshot that to make it look like it was from the 70s um but then the other side of that coin is i'm just like all right well he just like reused all the old footage and just like inserted himself in it and then just wrote a script to kind of go around what was happening in the movie. All right. I mean, you're, you're entitled to your yeah, opinion. Yeah. I, I thought it was creative and different. I liked, I liked it for that. It's not uh that's what I, like. I, I think, I think it was creative. I think it was different. I just think the, the, um, the substance, I'm not looking for something super deep, but I just think like some of the jokes were just like a little corny. Um, but definitely some some of the jokes definitely miss for me too. Yeah. I was thinking that watching it again after not having watched it for a while. But I, I think overall is it's, it's a, it's funny. They, 
So, I mean, he is reusing the footage, but he's he's re restitching them together in a different order to tell his plot. So True. it's not like he just took the the whole story of a movie. Correct. Right. He's just taking the footage. Because the, the plot is crazy. Now, so, so, so why don't you give a little quick right, summary so, of what um, the plot is. The main character, they never give him a name. They just know him as the chosen one. Uh, early in the movie, a character comes to, to basically kill him as a baby because the chosen one can stand up to his masters. So they kill his family, but he knows Kung Fu as a baby and is able to escape. <laughs> he trains his whole life to avenge the death, the murder of his family. Um, he eventually uh, is able to find the person who killed his family, um, who decides to go by the name Betty. Uh, <laughs> he, it turns out that Betty works for his 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 masters are, I believe, French aliens. Did you did you take away that they were aliens or just French people in flying pyramids? I took that they were aliens. Okay, that's how I took it as. So that's how I take it too. And then the French part is that they play French music on speakers, and then one of the characters says, "Oh, they're French" or something like that. So so I took that as a joke as they they were actually aliens and they just were not familiar with them, so they just assumed that they were French. Like that was like, oh, like a tongue. In I didn't even joke. get that. That that's how I interpreted it as like. You know, like, oh, they're different from us. They must be French. That's well, how I saw that as. Oh. <laughs> I don't know. I could be totally off base. I don't know. Well, oh, that's pretty funny. I didn't get that. Well, I don't know if that's true or not, but either way. Right. Um, oh, the other thing that's important to the plot is that the reason he's the chosen one is because his tongue has a face and has special powers. Yeah, so that's, like, a really interesting thing. So that guy has a thing with putting eyeballs and mouths onto other body parts because he's responsible for this this thing called thumb thumb thumbination thumb basically animation with thumbs and he did uh, a star wars parody called thumb wars he did i think a matrix one a titanic one called thumbtanic and he basically tells the whole plot of the movie using thumbs and then he digitally adds eyeballs and 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 mouths because it's funny because when i first saw that when he stuck out his tongue that's the first thing I thought of. I was like, oh, that kind of reminds me of like Thumb Wars when I watched that as a kid. And then this guy is the guy who made Thumb Wars. So he seems really big into, into parodies and, yeah. of, of other, of other uh, things. Of other, That's kind uh, of his wheelhouse. Yeah, exactly. Parodies and digital eyeballs on other body parts. <laughs> and, and mouths. Yeah, so that's his special power. That his, but it doesn't even do anything, right? Until the very end when it shoots out of his mouth and flings away the spaceship. Oh, yeah. It's kind of kind of weird yeah but like is that the only thing it can do because they're the whole thing is the chosen one is the only person that can stand up to these this evil group of french aliens <laughs> but like all it does is like grab their spaceship and fling it away but right. that's it that, that's all it does and then they just run away and is that like in the text for this chosen what excuse me for this chosen one where they would have this eyeballs on the well, tongue they seem to do know about his tongue because when they're looking for the chosen one they ask they're asking everyone to open their mouths okay so hey i don't know i don't know how the legend of the chosen one maybe it's like an avatar thing when the old say, one dies it's a, re, it's a reincarnation right. thing who knows yeah it yeah. never explained it was because re- he would just like he, he'd be straight faced and he would just stick out his tongue and then you would just see this eyeball and did it talk or did it, it, it just make noises sounds. like ee! yeah that's what it said mostly yeah. Yeah, that was that was interesting. Um, so I mean, like, I, I, yes, he he did make it his own. This this Steve Odekirk guy, he definitely made it his own, and he definitely, like, and like I said, like I don't think it was 
awful. Like it's definitely like the worst movie I've ever seen. I just thought it was like, all right, it was it was creative. I don't know if I'd watch it again, but one of my favorite jokes in it is the the one student at the karate kung fu school. They are saying that they purposely taught him to fight wrong as a joke. Oh. And then he eventually gets in a fight with the chosen one and he's saying stuff like, try out your my face to your fist style. That I did laugh. That, that was funny. Like, I'm bleeding. That means I won. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, they wanted him not to know how to fight, but he thought that he was actually learning how to fight. When I was watching some of it, as someone who studied has studied martial arts for a majority of my life, I, I, I was actually looking to see some of the, the fighting style. And I'm not familiar with Kung Fu. I do like Shotokan and Taekwondo, but I am familiar with uh, with nunchucks. And even though he was using like beavers as nunchucks, <laughs> I actually did think that his form using nunchucks, I'm not an expert in any stretch of the imagination, but I did think from what I've learned that he was doing it correctly. And also kind of that other movie we watched, Black Dynamite too. Where he, so that's what I want to ask you right now. So if you had to sum up your main reasons that you consider Kung Pao a bad movie, uh huh, like high level, you know, even, what would they be? Uh, the plot, the writing, the the jokes. Okay, that's that. I would say that's 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 it. I don't think his acting was bad in the sense of, I mean, he was in a comedy and he was inserting himself into another movie, so I thought that that was that was fine. But I think that so this other movie we watched, Black Dynamite, which you haven't seen it, definitely go check it out. That was the first time you saw it. So I find the weirdness of the plot like. This just as weird in Black Dynamite, because of the of the um, the malt liquor, or not just not just that that it starts out as like avenging the death of his brother. It's very similar to to Kung Pao. <laughs> yeah. like Kung Pao's trying the the chosen one's trying to avenge the death of his family. Black Dynamite's trying to avenge the death of his brother. They both end up going to like a kung fu. They both involve kung fu at one point. Black Dynamite is it's it's very. Um, like uh outrageous but i think it's self-aware that it's outrageous like i don't know if if oh kung pao definitely is too you think so they they fight like a cgi cow if they are if they're not then i but i but i don't think it was i don't know i just like i think black dynamite was obvious that they were being self-aware of what they were doing i don't that's the thing like when i watched this at first i actually thought like he was really like trying to make like a like a full comedy at some parts like I just yeah. thought he was trying, but but like not being self, kind of like the room. Like think of like Tommy Wiseau. No, the room. no way, no way. Like Tommy Wiseau was trying to make a good movie. Like, yeah. do you think Steve Odenkirk was really trying to make a good comedy? Like he's yes. like by putting silly things in it. Okay, not by putting. He's like, oh, you know what really works here for the plot and my character development? Fighting a cow. <laughs> no, he's just like that would be that'd be funny if he fought a cow. I, but I don't know if that could if that's like just being self-referential i just thought that like that could just be like oh well i think this will just be funny not like oh my god like it would be so outrageous if if this just happened right now and the audience would get like i'm making fun because like i feel like like in like in, in kung fu movies does that happen do people just fight like like cgi cows and i don't think so right so i don't know i just feel like it, it was just so just out of nowhere i feel yeah, that's that's basically how this movie works yeah everything is kind of out of nowhere the the French aliens, the tongue yeah, thing. Yeah, I don't know. It was just like I said. I, I can appreciate what he was trying to do. I just don't know if it if it worked for me. That's fine. But I, it's it's so funny that like I picked that movie as as something I liked, and you didn't. Obviously, then you picked Black Panther 
to black show dynamite, me that I'm sorry, Black Dynamite, <laughs> that a, that a movie you like, and I just saw right. so many parallels between them. Yeah, I, I think I don't know. I, but you're I, you're just saying Black Dynamite. It, you see the parallels in Black Dynamite just did everything better. I think I think so. I think the writing in Black Dynamite was funnier. I think uh, the comedy was landed way way better in Black Dynamite. And even some of the outrageous stuff in Black Dynamite, I think they like address it. Like you and I were talking the other day. Like there's a scene where he's fighting a guy in a room, and a boomerang comes out of nowhere. And and you were like, where the heck did that boomerang come from? And he goes, oh, I threw that before I got even in the room. And that was actually a really funny joke because they set that up in advance by having him throw it right before exactly. that. And, yeah, yeah. So I feel like that was being self-referential in a way that I feel like Kung Pao maybe could have done better. Um. But that's just that's just how I feel. You know, I guess it's just I find the the joke about them teaching the guy wrong on purpose so funny. See, I, like, it I makes did think up that... for some other bad jokes. <laughs> I did think that was funny, and I think too if I saw Kung Pao, because how old were you when you first saw Kung Pao? Do you think? Teenager. Okay. If I think if I was a teenager and I saw that movie, I think I would have loved that movie also. The guy with the they put squeaky shoe sound effects every time he walks. <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. That was funny too. And he like storms off, and you can, and they always make comments about it. Yeah. They're like with the squeaky shoes squeaky again. Squeaky shoes. Yeah, like I was saying earlier, it definitely like leans into like the absurd comedy, the the silly, the the like surreal. That's it's a different style than Black Dynamite, with with similarities. But Black Dynamite definitely tried to be more serious, a little more like grounded in reality in their comedy. Yeah, I guess I would agree that the the writing is better. The fact that yeah there's more there's a bunch more characters in black dynamite i i found that a little confusing all the people that kept popping in and out in black dynamite yeah yeah that's true in in um kung pao it's just basically like three four yeah characters really yeah a couple more but yeah no i mean it's definitely though it's 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 it has a cult following i've i've read online i'm not sure if you're Super familiar with not that really. or whatnot. It's, it says it has established a cult following because when it was released, it was not well received. And I think over time, people like you have like really like appreciated it and really embraced it for for what it was. And they've been trying to make a sequel for the past like decade. And they said it was going to come out in like 2022, 2021 now. But who who knows what what'll end up happening with that? That's funny. Both our movies have potential sequels. I think yours is more confirmed than. Uh, I don't know. It was supposed to come out last year. So. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, we'll talk about that in a second. Yeah, we'll talk about that. Oh, I was going to say one other thing. Oh, so do you think its scores on IMDb are warranted? Like a 6.2 out of 10? Uh, 13 Metacritic? I don't think 13 is fair on Metacritic. I would give it like... I'd give it like a 5, 5.5. Okay, so you actually think the 6.2 is too generous? A little bit. Okay. Yeah. Like I, like I said, I think I think from a technical standpoint, I think it's so what's five for you like completely average, totally average. Uh, uh like a, a so I, I I I'd say this like a six is fine for me. Like I always think of that. Like if a movie's okay. like fine, I'll give it a six. If it's like like eh, I give it like a like a five. So okay. that's, that's how I, that's how I feel about this movie. I think okay. it's like kind of like eh, like okay, like I'm not gonna like if I meet someone on the street, I'm not gonna be like oh my god, you have to go. And watch this movie. Like when I saw Knives Out, any person I saw, I was like, "You need to go watch this movie." But I'm not going to be like, "Hey, you need to go on YouTube and buy Kung Pao: Enter the Fist." That's that's fair. I would only recommend it like with caveats. Like you have to like you have to watch it with someone else. I feel. I feel like that if, you, kind of, if yeah. you watch it by yourself, I feel like you'd just be like not enjoying it as much. Yeah. 
you wouldn't really laugh out loud. You're probably just a bunch of yeah. I think like, you just nose like, exhales. Yeah, you'd be like, oh. <laughs> yeah. uh, how how would you how would you score uh, uh, Kung Pao so, in the fist? I mean, I definitely understand that it's not for everyone because it it is it is just a silly movie, right? But I'm like I'm putting it at like a seven. Okay. I yeah, I think higher than a seven. I'd be like, all right, we need to we need to sit down and have an intervention here. <laughs> yeah, no, but I mean, if someone scored it a hundred or ten out of ten, it's like, all right, that's your that's your that's your preference. Then yeah, then you just understand. must really like that kind right, of right. And if that's the, that's the movie you really like, that's that's totally fine. And 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 that's why you know you have chocolate and vanilla. It's just different tastes with with different people. But yeah, I mean, like I said, didn't hate it. It wasn't the worst thing I've ever seen. I, I really I think they did. They did try. I think he really tried. And you could see that he tried, that he really did put effort into it, and he did care about it. I, I agree. I, I think d- it had some He made, it had some heart. Yeah. I just don't know if it just completely landed uh, for me with a lot of the stuff. But Do you think it could have potentially worked better with a different actor as the main character? Mm. Like someone Like a big? funnier one? Oh. Like, like, uh, I can watch that and see, like, Ben Stiller playing that character. Yeah, I could see that. That would actually would have been really interesting Yeah, if Ben Stiller did that. Yeah, I'd be down for that. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'd be down for that, absolutely. Uh, all right, so anything else you want to add with uh, Kung Pao? Uh, no, I don't think so. I think, we, I think we covered, you know. Okay. I still like it. Uh, like, hey, there's nothing wrong. And like I said, I don't hate it. I, it's just It might just not be my... Uh, my number one rewatch. That might be something where my kids and your kids will watch it like, <laughs> like 13, 14 years from now. We'll be like, hey, we got to sit down and we got to watch, uh, we got to watch this movie. And then when you're older, we'll watch Black Dynamite too. Definitely. Oh, yeah. We yeah. didn't say that. Black Dynamite, R rated. Yeah, rated R. Fully uh, deserves the R. Absolutely. Uh, but if you're allowed to watch that kind of stuff or if you're over 18, check it out. It's on YouTube or Amazon. I think we got it, right? Yeah, it we like got it on bucks or Amazon. something. Yeah. yeah. So it's really it's 2009. It's it's really funny. Uh, it's it's really really good. Uh, all right, so so Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. I so I really enjoy this movie. This was the first Indiana Jones movie that I saw in theaters because I wasn't alive for the other ones, but I had seen all the other ones before this one came out. Um, did you see this in theaters? What was your I, initial response? I, th- I think I did, and I I I rarely. Um... I'm not entertained like at a movie in a movie theater. Uh-huh. Like, so I, I definitely remember the, being entertained by the movie. Um, walked out happy that I saw it. And then it's really just thinking back on a few things that I yeah. am not happy about that, you know, just make me like, oh, I like it except for that and that and that. So I think this is the type of movie where when you think about it, you don't like it. But when you watch it, you enjoy it. Me personally. I, so I... I can see that. Because what I was going to say at the end is, like, when we watched these two movies, mm-hmm. when I watched Crystal Skull, I liked it more than I remembered. Okay. And when I watched Kung Pao, I liked it less than I remembered. Oh, really? Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, and I have something to be said for just enjoying your time watching a movie, which is fine. Like, that's actually, that's how I feel about, like, Ready Player One. Uh, like, it's a fun watch. It's entertaining. But, like, I also feel generally with the kingdom of the crystal skull i guess this doesn't really apply to ready player one that it was just like a kind of a like a cookie cutter sequel cash grab nostalgia grab okay okay that's that's my my main issues with it all right so so i'll disagree with you on completely cookie cutter because i think i think it actually it starts off different than any other indiana jones movie 
Because every Indiana Jones movie, the first three, all start with him trying to get an item. And he usually loses it. Whether it's the fertility idol, the uh, the, the, the remains of Nurhachi, uh, or the, the cross of Coronado. He's always trying to get it, and then he loses it. This movie opens up with him being kidnapped and being forced by the Soviets to help them find something. He's not even on an adventure. He's not even looking for something. So I think that was a, something that they did a little different. Slightly different. That I, that I liked. He still finds something and then loses it. What, you mean the, the body? Yeah. Okay. But he but he wasn't looking for it for himself, I should True. say. I, so you know, that is like slightly he, different. Like he, like he, wasn't, he wasn't in it for the fortune and glory like he was for the other, the other three. Right. You know, like this one, he's he's actually trying to to go after it. Um, so, like, I'll I'll say, like, I like I like the setting of this movie. I like it taking place during the Cold War. I like the Soviets as the bad guys. I'm glad it wasn't like neo Nazis or something <laughs> like that. Like, that might be hiding, the next one. Hiding, who knows? Hiding in Argentina. Uh, so I like that. I like I like I I really I really like like the the sci fi vibe of this movie. And I kind of mentioned this to you yesterday. I think this movie. If it was released in the '90s, it would have been much more, uh, much much better uh, received than it was because it was 19 years after Last Crusade, and and I think I think today's movie going audience has a really hard time suspending their disbelief for that kind of stuff, especially with the aliens. I I think that's a really good point, and it's something I was going to say. Like, I'm sure you'll put out point it out. Every Indiana Jones movie has examples of suspension of disbelief, right? Mystical stuff, fan, uh, fantastical stuff. Yeah, uh, I just think it's another level in this movie, and and, and I do agree with that because the first three are all religious um, suspensions of disbelief. Yeah, it grounds it a little more in like our reality. Exactly, and this this is one where it's just completely next level, like you said. And, and I mean, this is kind of like Spielberg's wheelhouse though. Cause like ET close encounters, like he's kind of like, he was like, you know, in the seventies and eighties, he was like, he was the aliens guy, you know, he, he, he liked working with aliens. And that's at first when George Lucas said he wanted to do an Indiana Jones movie with aliens, that's where Spielberg was like, Oh, like I already done aliens. I don't want to be like the aliens guy. And I think he's good with aliens, but I think just in 2008, I just think it was, it was too late to have done the aliens. I think that's why a lot of people didn't like it. Cause in the nineties, you had like Independence Day. People were all jazzed about that kind of stuff. Yeah. You know, X Files. Like people really were eating that kind of stuff up, and it just would have seen as like a copy. Like they were like, "Oh, this is what people like, so we're just gonna do, we're gonna do this." But if this came out before Independence Day, I think it would have been a much bigger hit. Or I shouldn't say because it made a lot of money. It made like seven hundred fifty million dollars. Um, I think a lot more people would have liked it. Even Indiana Jones fans. I th- I think so. Okay. I really do because like just twenty years. I mean, that's a long gap. And I mean, it, it is Harrison Ford. He was like in his I think late sixties when it came out. So uh, who knows what he's going to be like in the fifth one if they make it? But um, like you can tell he looks old. I think so. I liked I like some of the stunt work. Like I think that they did a good job of actually him doing it because he did like the one scene in the hangar when he's swinging. Like that was actually him doing it, and you can kind of tell like you know. It's not the fastest paced like fight scenes he's in. No, no, it's 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 slower. It's a little quick edited. It's a little uh, more like close up. Um, but um, I mean, I think he still has it. Like I thought he was still good as Indiana Jones. I I thought he was still good, and I I was I like seeing Indiana Jones again. I love the character, but I I do think it's he's. You could tell he had you know, shown his age a little bit. Yeah. 
maybe like in general maybe this movie didn't need to be made just like another point get your opinion on the previous indiana jones was called the last crusade right has a very nice final shot of him and his father riding off into the sunset on horseback absolutely absolutely and is 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 this does this movie justify existing losing that kind of nice final note for this for this the Um, franchise I don't think it justifies it. I don't think it was. I don't think this movie was needed. I don't think people were clamoring for a fourth Indiana Jones movie. Um, but unfortunately, that's the world that we live in, and we and we got it. Um, so I kind of just look at it like, all right, well, we have it now. We can't we can't ignore it. like a lot of people ignore this. Like this movie never even happened. Like some people will say the Indiana Jones trilogy is one of the best trilogies, mm-hmm. and they'll say like trilogy. It is a trilogy. There is no fourth movie. And I feel like you just can't ignore the fact that it happened because it did. Um, but I mean, I think so. One thing I really like about Kingdom of the Crystal Skull is, and this goes with any Indiana Jones movie, they have to make up the the background to the MacGuffin. You know, like with Raiders, they had to make up this this uh, this crystal headpiece to the staff of Ra. Like that's all made up. You know, there's no there's no such thing as that. There's no miniature city in Egypt below the desert. I mean, as far as we know <laughs> that you put this in and it shows the location, but it's super cool. You know, the, the Sankara stones, uh, the Holy grail. I mean that it's in this desert and you have to go through these three challenges in order to get it. I mean, in the, like the two nights with the shields where they tell the story of where the grail went, like it's super cool, but it's completely made up. But this movie actually has some things that are tied to some, real history and that's what i what i really enjoy about it like um there were native american tribes that elongated their skulls that were living in peru and the reason they believe they did that was because of like social status they would they would bind like the child's skull and and elongate it a little bit but they just kind of took that for the movie and said they were trying to please their gods which ended up being uh the aliens it incorporated the nazca lines which are those lines drawn on the desert in the, yeah, the real deserts thing. of Peru completely real thing and some people have been like why the heck did they draw those things because you can only see what they look like from the sky like if you're just walking along those you'll probably see them but you won't really know what they are so i like that they incorporated that and and this is and and i think this is probably one of the reasons why people don't like the crystal skull as the macguffin because crystal skulls are quote unquote real in a sense where you can actually go and look at them. However, uh, since they have been discovered and people have seen them in museums, it's been basically uh, determined that they're fake and they're not these, you know, mystical, no one knows where they came from. Back in like the twenties, the people had no idea where these things came from. But with today's technology, they've been able to basically understand that these things are faked. Somehow they were made by humans. They weren't made by some other, deities or other uh you know interdimensional beings or or whatnot so i think that's where some people are like oh well they're fake anyway like they're proven not to be real whereas the holy grail it could be out there we don't know the the ark of the covenant that's why it's lost we don't know what happened to it but these things people are like oh well they're those it's, stones you know, with the lines on them those they might yeah, be real yeah who knows those i actually don't know much <laughs> I about don't know. i don't even know if there's anything anything with that so but i like i like that they took that 50s sci-fi um you know this crystal skull where'd it come from it's not from earth okay maybe it's from outside of earth um you know maybe 
uh, it's it, they they had come to Earth and they had uh, helped the uh, the Mayans or the Aztec or the Native Americans uh, develop their societies and and have you know technology that wouldn't be seen for thousands of years. I thought that was interesting to to play on that idea. And like I said, I feel like that's more based in uh, some sort of history tellings than you know a map room in the middle of of a desert or. Uh, a bridge that blends in with with the rocks which i still think is super cool i mean i love all that stuff but it's all just completely it's all just completely made up but the problem is they have to make up things that people will be like oh yeah that seems believable you know that's that seems like it would be a legit thing i actually have no complaints about there being aliens slash interdimensional beings as the uh i was gonna say antagonist but not not the as like the um the final conclusion well, that's what happens in every Indiana Jones movie. The the item destroys the the the, the antagonist. True. The Ark kills the Nazis. The Sankara Stones is what destroys uh, Mole Ram. The well, Holy... and the alligators eat him. And the alligators. That's true. <laughs> yeah, he wasn't dead until the alligators ate him. That's right. Maybe the alligators were in on it. And then uh, the Holy Grail, you know, kills both uh, the gr- uh, the girl. Um, I forget her name. Me too. Uh, uh, Elsa Schneider and and Donovan. And then this one, uh, she just gets like too filled with the knowledge because she wants to know everything, and then it, like explodes her head. Do you remember her name? Irina Spalko. How do you think she compares to the previous villains of? Um, she's not. Days? She's not my favorite. Yeah, she's yeah not my I'd favorite. rank her pretty low. No, I would too. I think. I think. Uh, Kate Plant Blanchett was a little over the top <laughs> with like 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 Indiana Jones said when he's like the way you're 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 sticking your teeth into those wobble use. I think like she was really sticking her teeth into those wobble use. But um like I said, I really liked that the not or that the uh, the Soviets were the bad guys. I love I love I think I think the first half of this movie, up until they're in uh the jungle chase scene when they're in like a magic road appears in the middle of the desert in, in the middle of the, the, the woods, the forest. I think the first half of that movie is like spectacular. I think it's fantastic. I love everything with area 51 with uh, where the arc was stored where well, you skipped over. Oh, sorry. You didn't skip it yet. Go the, keep going. Uh, I like, I like the drag race in the beginning with you ain't nothing but a hound dog playing. I think that's so much fun. It was a cool opening. It was a cool opening. Uh, and then you get to the, probably the most uh, infamous part uh, of this movie, which sure, is sure. The, the nuke, the fridge scene. Yep. So, I I don't have a problem with it because that's also based in reality. It, hold on, let me let me let me get there. Um, because there were nuclear test sites that built mock towns, and they would. Act, and when I, I remember when I first saw that, I was like, "Wow, they like really stocked that." Like, like there's a TV on, there's running water, there's a kid like with a hose running. Like, did it have to be that extensive? But some of these uh, nuclear towns that they did tests on, they did all that stuff because they wanted to see what would happen if a nuclear bomb attacked the suburbs. Like they would put canned food and all of this stuff in these towns. So that way, once the explosion was over, they would go and look and be like, all right, well, what survived? Is the water still running? Is the electricity still working? So when I remember seeing that first, I thought, ah, it's a little much. It probably wouldn't be like that. That's what it was like, too. Yeah, I had no issue with that. I mean, I played uh, Call of Duty, so I know about Nuketown. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it's just the fact that he climbed in a frigid refrigerator to avoid a nuclear explosion. So let me so let me get to that too. So I I did some research into that because I've always wondered. Like, I'm sure people also googled this when when the movie was over. Like, can you survive a nuclear blast by climbing inside a lead lined refrigerator? And there was a nuclear test that was done, and they were testing a freezer, and they wanted to see 
how well this freezer could hold up in a nuclear blast. And they filled this freezer with frozen food and they did the test. Now, how they found the freezer or if the freezer was like tied down or, or chained down or something, I don't know. But they opened the freezer and the food was still preserved in there. Now, so I, there's a difference between a refrigerator flying like a mile. That's what I was with, part of what I was going to say. Yeah, with and the door not opening. So I know there have been some scientists that have waited on this and said it's, it's actually plausible. Yeah. I actually don't really care. It's just it's so weird. Even when I saw this, I remember thinking, "Oh, this is crazy." Yeah. Like, he's not going to climb in the fridge, right? Right. No, they're not saying he's going to survive a nuclear blast in the fridge. Right. And then the the fact that it basically flies miles, bounces on the ground like he should not have survived that. No, not at all. Especially not with it being able to walk out of it. Oh, he walked that out was of it, only, no problem. So that was like maybe like 15 minutes into the movie. And I would say that was the second time he should have died. When was the first time? There were like 50 Russians with machine guns shooting at him from like <laughs> 15 feet away. And he's just, that's a very, I'm, I'm fine with that. Actually, it's a very standard like action movie trope of they can't the hero running from machine guns. And you see all the puffs. You see them hitting everywhere near him right. to show that bullets are whizzing right by him. Right, but exactly. He's uninjured. I'm fine with that, but realistically, he should have died then. Correct. He should have died in the fridge. He should have died. He should have died. He then. should have died when they drove the car over the waterfall. Mm-hmm. Or sorry, first over the mountain, over the cliffside, and the tree like yep. lowered them nicely. Okay, okay, should have okay. died there. Okay. Then they should have died when they went over when they went water. over the three waterfalls. Okay, I see you there too. Yeah. And then also when like the aliens were were like showing up and the place was like collapsing. Um, that's actually a minor nitpick that I I don't want him to die. Obviously, so right, I'm fine no. with all that. Uh, I also thought that the oh did you want to say anything else about that? I have before I say some other things. No, I, like I said, I, I was I was fine. Like it's like all right, it's it, it's based in some type of scientific I, reality I plausibility. Obviously, it wouldn't work with him. He wouldn't survive. Um, but, you know, like you said, there's always suspension of disbelief in these movies. There's there's so many, and it's been talked to death, where people are like, but in Temple of Doom or but in Raiders, like, there's always these instances where he survived something that he shouldn't have survived. All right, I have another another opinion to get your thoughts okay. on. Uh, I also think this movie has some of the weaker supporting cast um, of the Indiana Joneses, specifically mm-hmm. uh, Mutt mm-hmm. and his, quote, friend... Uh, I forget his name. Oh, Mac. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Mac. So basically, Mac being a character we'd never heard of before in the Indiana Joneses, right? But they no. they through dialogue try to set up like a a fairly long backstory where they've worked together. It sounds like they met after Last Crusade would have. Oh, been. really? Because because okay. they they referred to them working in like I think World War Two. Okay. Together, and since Last Crusade takes place, I think in thirty seven, thirty eight, so it would have been before World War Two started. Okay. Well, either way, yeah. we don't actually know any of their backstory. They're just telling us about it. Right. They're, they have some type of friendship. And then in the very beginning of the movie, he turns on him mm-hmm. and is working with the uh, Russians. Russians, yep. Uh, and then about, I don't know, halfway, two-thirds of the movie, he he reveals that he agent. was a double agent. He right. was never working with the Russians. He's actually still on Indiana Jones' side. Right. Until the very end, <laughs> when he reala- reveals that he lied about being a double agent, he was always on Russia's side. And I just felt... Like, even at the time I watched it, that the fact that they would, Indiana Jones and that their group at that time, which is Shia LaBeouf's Mutt and Marion Ravenwood, mm-hmm. would trust that guy again? Like, after he initially, like, turned turned on them, pointed guns at them multiple times, 
and him to just be like, uh, I was a double agent. I just didn't buy it. I think it makes Indiana Jones look dumb for trusting him again so quickly. I so they they kind of made it. Uh, I feel like they explained it though because when they were in the tent and Indiana Jones was strapped up, um, Mac said to him. Uh, you know, you have to do the right thing, Jonesy, just like Berlin. And that's when the Russians walked in. He was like, just like Berlin, just like Berlin. And then later on, he said, I tried like screaming at the tent. I said, just like Berlin, what were we doing in Berlin? And the agent's like, oh, we were double agents when we were working together in Berlin. So I feel like that was the movie explaining why Indiana Jones was like, oh, okay. Like he was working as a double agent. I kind of, I kind of, I kind of, I, I buy it. I'm like, all right. I, I, I think Indiana Jones buying it as him being a double agent is completely fine. Now him turning later and saying I was lying about being a double agent this time. It's like, all right. Like, I, I don't think he's really on anybody's side. I think that's kind of the character. I think he's just out for himself. Cause he says that he's a capitalist and all he cares he about does, is money. And he's trying to steal stuff from the pyramid at the end. Right. So I still think Indiana Jones should never trusted him after that. After the initial, uh, when he Betrayal. turned on, yeah. Um, and then as far as Shia LaBeouf's character, I I don't know if him being his son adds anything to the movie. It's I, it's not a good father son relationship like Sean Connery and Harrison Ford, right? Not at all. And it, I don't. It's supposed to be different, but even even the fact that they're not trying to do that, I still think it's it doesn't make it better that they're father and son. It could have just been another kid that he was working with for some reason and everything could have been the same. It could have been short round. It could have been, that would have been so cool. Not his son, obviously, yeah. but just what it could have been a short round. And then I think the fact that they somewhat try to set him up as maybe a future Indiana Jones like character. And the fact that that totally failed makes the movie like worse in retrospect, the fact that that's all wasted. Yeah. So I think, I think they were trying to set him up, but at the same time, they weren't. Yeah, if, I think they were trying to be very like noncommittal about it. Yes, but definitely I agree. Lay some seeds. Yeah, if if he put the hat on at the very end of the movie, absolutely. Like he's the new Indiana Jones. But the fact that Indiana Jones took it out of his hand, put it back on, he's like, "I'm Indiana Jones. This is mine." You know, always remember that. I think you're right. It was very noncommittal. Where it could have been Indiana Jones five, uh, Mutt Williams. Uh, or it could just be Indiana Jones 5, Harrison Ford with, with Shia LaBeouf. I think if and when Indiana Jones 5 comes out, that will really determine how we kind of look back on Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Because they've already announced that it's it's still in canon. It's within the continuity. So they're going to continue that storyline. Now, how they're going to address Mutt, if uh, Marion's going to be in it, who knows? My guess is... Shia LaBeouf, no mutt. I don't think they're going to no, have a no. quick line of dialogue to say like he went off to school, or he decided to be a professor in Europe or something, <laughs> studying archaeology. So, yeah, like his dad. Like they're gonna, it'll be like a little in joke if you know the character because he was kind of like dropped out of school, never finished, argued with him about going back to school. Right. It's going to be a joke that oh yeah he actually did and he became a professor. That's why he can't be in this movie. And I wouldn't even like that though. Like I don't know <laughs> if I would want to throw. Like I'm not saying I need Shia LaBeouf in this movie, but I just don't want it to be like a, just a throwaway line of. That's kind of also you know? what they did with Sean Connery at the very beginning of this movie. Like they just show his picture and they'd be like, "Really wish Dad was here." Right. Because like all your happy memories of them working together in Last Crusade and then this movie, now you're like, "Oh, he died. I miss it." They did ask Sean Connery to be in it, and he said no because he was retired at that point. Even though he was only retired, I think for like four <laughs> years, three years, so he could have come back. But you know, he said he didn't want to do it. Oh, um, that would have changed the movie a lot, though. How, how do you know what they would have done with him? No, I think they just offered it and then saw. They also offered Sala to be in it too, uh, to be at the wedding in the end, 
And John Reese Davis said no because he thought Solid deserved more than just a cameo at the end of the movie, which I agree with. I think I think Solid definitely did deserve more, but I don't know how they would have incorporated Solid into this movie because Solid lives in in the Middle East and Egypt, yeah. and yeah. this is all taking place in South America. Yeah. So, and that's another thing I like too. I like that it takes place in South America because all the other ones you have Europe, you have Africa, you have Asia, a little different. South America. I know the first movie opens with South America, but it's only that for like fifteen minutes. But I liked, I liked, I like that. Uh, another common complaint a lot of people have: uh, heavy use of CGI. I, I personally don't actually have that complaint. So the only complaint I would have with that is the jungle chase. The jungle chase that's, is that's probably, the f- most common example. That's my least favorite part of the movie because they set up this this tree cutter machine yeah. to cut all the trees so they could have a road, and then the tree cutter gets blown up. But then they're just driving through the forest <laughs> anyway, and there's like two roads that just magically appear. Like that that scene I really don't like. The monkeys, I act, I don't like the monkeys. I don't understand what they were doing with that at all. They taught him to swing on the ropes. Uh, okay. <laughs> sure. Um yeah, I'm not know. defending it, I'm yeah. making fun of it. Yeah, yeah. I I don't understand what they were thinking when, when they went there. Um the sword the sword fight. I think the sword fight was foreshadowed well yes. i yes. thought that was foreshadowed well when he's like oh i went to prep schools that taught me how to fence like that was fine i'd buy the fact that he knows how to sword fight um but like him standing between two cars and he's he's sword fighting with uh kate blanchett and then the running joke where the trees keep hitting him mm-hmm. in the crotch i'm just like all right like that part i that's my my least favorite part of the movie and that's why i said like i think it's a great movie until it gets up to that scene that's where i'm like ah oh, crap but I like I like the the, the third act with uh, the pyramids and the Native Americans and and going or the Aztec I get or the whatever they were called I forget I forget too yeah um, and they and they go and they do the whole you know the aliens thing and like I'm I'm fine with that like I'm I'm okay with it and they kind of tore uh, tied in El Dorado too that was basically their version of El Dorado the city of gold but gold was really knowledge they not did that they did gold. that that thing twice that's like a fairly common trope of like oh, the translation was actually, this word actually means something else. That's right. They did that twice in this movie. Because uh, birth or cradle, cradle could mean birthplace or de- resting, resting place. place. And then gold could all, or treasure could mean knowledge because yeah. tra- knowledge is treasure. Some people make fun of that because they think that Spielberg and Lucas are just old farts now <laughs> where, you know, a younger Spielberg would have been like, ah, the treasure, it's mine. You know, I, I, I you know, captured this artifact where the old ones are like, oh, it's not gold. It's the knowledge. It's the information that they got. And I can I can kind of see that as a complaint. But I, I see it as Indiana Jones growing, too, because he's much different in this movie than he was when he was younger. Yeah, he, he had to be. To, but, I mean, but also just, like, the way he, like, thought things out, the way he reacted. Because I don't think a young Indiana Jones would have been like, oh, my gosh, their treasure was knowledge. I don't think he would have he would have cared about that. I think he would have been like, what the heck? I just went on this whole <laughs> journey, and I didn't get to see the, the artifact. Because um, another thing too, which I notice is he doesn't shoot his gun once in this entire movie. You're right. Not one. He pulls it out and clicks it at one of the uh, the Native Americans uh, at the at the gravesite, but he never shoots his gun. And some people complained that that was like them just trying to be less violent with this movie. Because um, this is the least violent Indiana I, Jones I, movie. I do agree. I do think they tried to play it like very more family friendly. Yes. Um, but I kind of see it as. All right, he's older. He's probably he's in his late sixties. He's fought in World War II. This character, so he probably doesn't see violence as like the number one uh, answer 
probably now, perhaps, and he just doesn't want to pull out his gun and just shoot people. Whereas a younger Indiana Jones, he sees a sword guy in the middle of Cairo, and he just pulls out his gun and just shoots him. Whereas I don't think the older Indiana Jones would do that. Just because he's older, he's a little more mature, he's been through life, he's experienced, and and he wouldn't do that. I'm, but, I'm fine with that. I like that yeah. interpretation. Um, so, but... Is there any, any other things? So, so how oh, would you how would you how would you so rate this? Even with all that said, like it's like a, a technically like well made movie. Uh, I think I I have like some. I don't know how strong I want to be. Like I guess minor issues with like how some of the characters are written. Like I do think Mutt is like almost a, a not. I don't know about a waste of a character, but like I think just making him his 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 son was just. I don't know what it's supposed to add. And I, I don't really, I didn't, I don't really like him as a character that much. So yeah, I'm like, Oh, I wish Indiana Jones had a cooler son than you, <laughs> but I think a lot of people feel that way. <laughs> and I mean, me too. Uh, it, it would be interesting to see now that he knows that Indiana Jones is his father. How would he change in a, in a new movie, which we'll probably never get to yeah. see that. But I don't think Shia LaBeouf did a bad job. I don't think I, so. I, I think, just think it was the character. I agree. Yeah, I agree. I liked him as a greaser. I thought that was kind of cool. Like yeah, he no. was just like an like a you know a troubled yeah. uh, kid. You know. Yeah, I would never say it's a bad movie. I, I, I guess I just don't love it as an Indiana Jones movie. If this was like Dakota Smith and uh, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. I think it would have been very well received. I, well, I'm not sure because then you wouldn't have had the star power of Harrison Ford to draw people in. That well, just be a... but if it was just but if it was just some other adventure movie that just came out, I think I think it wouldn't have been as um, targeted by the fans because that's all they were doing was just comparing it to the other Indiana Jones yeah. movies. Like if it was like an Uncharted movie, you know, like how like the Uncharted yeah. games is very like Indiana Jones esque, but it's its own thing. Yeah. I think if they did something like that. Um, it would have would not have faced as much scrutiny as it did, but I think you know you brought the points where it's like, did we need this movie? No, you really yeah the trilogy right off in the sunset, it's all completely over. You know, tie the bow on it, close the door, books books done. Um, I think I think that's a really fair point. I really do, but like I said, that's not the world we live in. We have it, so we have to look at it as part of the canon. If you really really like Indiana Jones, you know, so you, you asked me my rating, yeah. It, it might be like a seven. That's what I would give it. No, I would really give it a seven. Honestly, I don't. I don't think it's uh, it's awful, but I don't think it's 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 my least favorite Indiana Jones movie. But I think with this, like I said, with this movie, it's just that whenever it's brought up, people are just like, it's garbage. It's the worst thing ever. It ruined my childhood. It ruined Indiana Jones as a character. And I don't think any of those things are fair critiques. People they have their opinions and they're allowed to have that. I, I think the argument of ruining your childhood is not fair at all. I, that's like a, that's an extreme. Ex- right. Yeah. I'm never, I'm not like that type of person to say things like that. Right. Uh, I, I can agree that I think it changes things about the character of Indiana Jones. And I think whether you say it ruined them is your opinion. But I don't think if you were to rewatch Raiders, you would be like, Oh, well, Later on, he he's like this. So now you know the character is not no, the same. I would agree. It doesn't make any of the older movies worse. Yeah, and I I don't want to get into Star Wars too much, but I do think some of the choices in Star Wars actually make some of the older movies worse. Okay, but I don't think this does that. Well, that could be another debate for another <laughs> time, perhaps. Um, so one last thing, since this is the Who Would Win cast, I just wanted to take a real quick 
uh, moment, Chris, because this wasn't really a, a 1v1 episode. It was just more us expressing our opinions about some things that we were passionate about. Indiana Jones, age 67, versus The Chosen One. Who do you um, think would win? And, I, and, and, and we can, we, it doesn't have to be too in-depth, but... Does Indiana Jones have a gun? Yes, but, like I just mentioned, I don't think he would use it. Oh, then you have no chance. I don't think he would use it. The only thing I, I would have is a whip. I could use my bull whip. So, because you'd be doing all these flips, because that's what he—he's always doing the crashing tiger, hidden dragon flips, yeah. and, and and flying in the air all around the place. So and... he does fight the character who it does. It's not quite a whip, but it's the it's that like hook on a chain. Yeah, and it, it would work similarly as like you can get him from a range with it. Uh, and what does he? What does he do? How does he fight against it? I for, I forget. The first time he fights that guy with it, he gets like wrecked by it. It cuts him real bad. Right. But I think the second time he's able to like does he catch it, immobilize or, it, and I okay. forget what he does. So you so you do have some experience then going <laughs> up against like a, a whip type yeah. weapon, whether but it's I a can't chain remember or whip. what he did. Um, I just remember it wasn't like a factor in their final fight. I think when it comes to hand to hand combat, I think Indiana Jones would would take it because he went toe to toe with that Russian guy uh in in crystal skull oh that was another time he should have died when he got punched in the face like 20 times in a row <laughs> boom boom everyone should just have brain damage in that movie oh my gosh absolutely um that really popularized that like psh, sound so that's the thing that's that's an unfair comparison because that had to be a very slow like punch for punch fight because of harrison ford's age like he can't like dodge the punches so he just had they just had to trade punches and show how tough he is like Okay, yeah. Like, this guy was, like, actually good at Kung Fu, I think, and would probably just easily beat you. Now, what would, would he just punch me, too? Like, what, is that what he Yeah, he'd probably, he like, do? block your punch and then punch you. But the thing with Indiana Jones is his uh, stamina and yeah, endurance his, his, is insane. It is unhuman. He would just take so many punches that the chosen one going after him, I don't think it would... Uh... Like, Indiana Jones never, except in Temple of Doom when he was being voodoo dolled, he never has ever like really stopped because he's like I can't I can't fight anymore like you know what I mean, like he was always always in it. He was never out for the count. That is true. He he's like he's, he's a superhero. Yeah. He's kind of like a superhero. Um, yeah, but I, I mean your speed your speed would definitely I definitely think, help. I still think the kung fu guy would beat you though. The moment you got in close quarters though, I think that's where Indiana Jones would really he would just just pound at you. But you're so, fast. So you're you fast. think. A 60-year-old man, 67, 67-year-old man <laughs> would be able to beat this, I don't know, he's basically a kung fu fighter, like, in his prime. Like you said, he has, like, an eight-pack. Yeah, yeah, he does. He can he can do flips, he can flip, like, a hundred times in a comedic way. <laughs> would he get dizzy? No, he didn't get dizzy in the movie. So, no, I, I but, yeah. I don't even think it's a close fight. <laughs> well. Unless you just shoot him. And they didn't, not, have, they he, didn't have guns in Kung Pao. yeah. I don't like I said. I don't think Indiana Jones would use his gun though, because he didn't use it in Crystal Skull. So I don't think that would fair to be fair to say that he would uh, that he would use it, unless he pulled out a Crystal Skull and like tried to entrance the Chosen One in in some way to to have it uh, read its mind and use its psychic abilities or 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 whatever. Um, but yeah. So is there is there anything else uh, you want to add for Crystal Skull or uh, Kung Pao Under the Fist? Uh, maybe I shouldn't have gave it a seven though, because that was the same thing I gave my movie. But, like, I really don't – I don't think it's that bad. I just think it wasn't that good. Chris, uh, Indiana Jones? Yeah. 
I think you know the bar was set up really high. Yeah, Spielberg, it was. Lucas are back. Um, you know, Lucas was coming out of the prequels, so he had that negative connotation to him. Um, so I just think there people were just expecting the world. And I mean, this script went through a lot of changes. At one point, I think it was actually titled Indiana Jones and the Saucer Men from Mars. Oof. And thank God. I still don't like the title Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. I don't know what I would call it. I just think it's a too lengthy yeah. title. Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull, maybe. Uh, Indiana Jones yeah, and the City. Yeah, even just that. Indiana Jones and the City of Gold, maybe. I'd be. Maybe. I, I, but there's not that much. There's really not that much. The City of Knowledge. on that. Well, then you're giving away some of the. <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. Um, there's been some debates what the fifth uh, movie's MacGuffin is going to be, even if they uh, they make it. Some people said it should be the spear that they used that to to kill Jesus on the cross. Go by, back to those uh, religious uh, you know themes of the of one and three. Um, but I mean, I want Indiana Jones five. I love Indiana Jones. Spielberg's not directing it now. James Mangold is directing it, so it's going to be a little different feel, definitely. Um, but I don't want him to die. I don't want them to recast it. I know there's always been rumors like Chris Pratt's going to play him or or whatever. Yeah, if they were going to do that, they would have had to – I think they should have already done it. Like yeah. The James Bond route of just recast him when your main character gets too old. There's been a theory where the movie's going to be told through flashbacks from the you know the present day in the movie, which is like the 60s, I guess, at this point. And they'll have a younger person play a younger Indiana Jones, maybe from like oh, the 40s. That is risky, though. And then he kind of like a Godfather part two, basically, where you have the older character telling the story of the younger character. But the problem is you've already had the younger character played by Harrison Ford. Um, but I mean, I'm just glad I don't have to be in that predicament on how to oh, man. make the fan base happy. But yeah, it'd be like, it'd be like casting. It'd be harder than casting Han Solo, young Han Solo. Oh yeah. I mean, and, and even then, I mean, Alden Ehrenreich, I thought he did a fine job, but I mean, the cards were stacked against him. Yeah. Yeah. And it, I think it'd be the same for this movie. Oh, absolutely. Like, yeah, absolutely. Um, so uh, would you recommend Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull for someone to watch? Yes. I was trying to think if I was going to qualify that with anything. If you're like the most diehard Indiana Jones fan and you like love the first three, I think those are the people that like it the least mm-hmm. from yes. just my reading online. Yeah. But as far as like an action movie, it's, I think it'll entertain you for like two hours or however long it is. I agree. Yeah, I agree. Definitely, definitely check it out. Uh, when it comes to Kung Pao Enter the Fist, would I recommend it? To an extent, yes, I would. Um, to see uh, an interesting take on a kung fu uh, parody movie, uh, yes, I think I would recommend it more just from a technical aspect, like I like I drew upon it when I was when I was saying that. Um, but like I said, it's not the worst thing that's ever been released in, in Hollywood. Um, so both of us would say, check them out and, and just, and, and just enjoy it. And if you don't like it, you don't like it. Just like, just like anything, like, like you, you mentioned at the beginning. So this was a, this was a, a fun discussion. Let us know if you like this, uh, this kind of format. Yeah. Cause we could potentially do something similar again. Cause yeah. I'm sure there's more movies. Oh my gosh. There's so, there's so like when you there. first pitched this premise to me, I was almost a hundred percent sure you were going to do last Jedi. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. And yeah, I have much more issues with that than <sighs> the more, the more I watch last Jedi, the least, the less I like it. Um, but you know what? I need to watch all three sequel trilogies now because uh or all three sequel trilogy movies now because i haven't 
seen them like that mm-hmm. yet. So I, I feel like I need to see how it kind of fits and ties in seven and nine. Um, but, but yeah, so, so check them out. Um, you can watch Kung Pao. I think it's on YouTube. Uh, I think it's like two ninety nine or, or whatever. And Indiana Jones, the Kingdom of Crystal Skulls, uh, located on Netflix with all the other Indiana Jones movies, uh, as well. Uh, Chris, anything else you want to add before we head out of here? Do you have any fun facts? Off I can do some quick head. Kung Pao fun facts. Yeah, sure. Go if for you it. want to look any out, feel free. Uh, so, um, they do the uh, fairly common joke in Kung Fu movie parodies where they don't they purposely mismatch the english voiceover with the spoken what the character's mouth is moving and i thought that was actually and, uh, funny i like that they did that yep and uh, it wasn't it was only overly done like at like maybe one or two times just for extra comedic effect where they have like they basically make it look like the first character saying something very long and then they just dub in one yeah, word that that I, I thought was funny yeah i i mean it got a laugh out of me but i know it's not the most original joke as far as kung fu parodies go but um the way the way he he did it in the script is he had the characters actually saying just like nonsensical dialogue and like that he knew wouldn't be the real dubbed things to make their to make it mismatch but he didn't just tell them like oh just move your mouth a lot because that would have looked weird that would yeah it would have looked off um so i like i mentioned before the writer and main actor steve odekirk did all the voiceovers except for one female character her name was apparently whoa which I think is what he said oh, I did when see he that. met her. Yes, I did and, see uh, that in the cast credits. W O H or A H. Yeah, right? yeah, like whoa. Yeah, I didn't fully get. I think I guess they made that as a joke because that's what he said when he saw her. But it was because of her um, single boob. But anyhow, <laughs> uh, so uh, it, the most of the footage. I, I'm trying to just see if it's all, but um, it looks like m- maybe all uh, was from two different old, old kung fu movies. One called. Shaolin Hu Ho Chien Tian Hia Sa. I'm sure I said that wrong. That was from 1977. Right. Uh, apparently they use a different translation in the credits. And then uh, another 1976 movie called The Savage Killers. Okay. And they were they were all they were uh, Chinese films. I think Chinese uh, I'm not film industry positive. films. Okay. Oh, they do this. There are we didn't you didn't even mention in criticism. There there definitely are a few like probably in poor taste jokes that would be even worse to do like to, like now like uh remember when the lion appears to him in the clouds to give him advice it's like very much a, a mufasa lion. spoof oh yeah well, what was his lion name King. like uh kung kung Fas, kung fu it was mushu fasa mushu fasa so you you probably yeah. couldn't get away with that today yeah um the reason do you remember at the end of, he, he gives him like advice and then at the end he says this is cnn Oh, that's because James Earl Jones does okay. it. So I actually did think that that was funny. Okay. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't get that joke at the time. But yeah, it's because James Earl Jones says this is CNN, and they yeah. were spoofing him for that line. Yeah. Um. I th- I think that's probably I think that's probably from some of the best ones. All right. Well, a couple things I'll add. Um. Uh, so, so I mentioned that they they had some other ideas for the titles. Uh, one I would suggest maybe being you know the city of gold. Um. They considered calling it uh, Indiana Jones, the City of Gods, um, the Destroyer of Worlds, the Fourth Corner of the Earth, uh, the Lost City of Gold. So I may have heard that before, and that's what influenced me. Um, and also the Quest of the Covenant. Um, and like I said, they all originally wanted to call it the Saucer Men from Mars. Um, and I didn't know this one, which I thought was interesting, is there was a storyline where uh, Indiana Jones' brother was going to be in it. And it would have been uh, played by Kevin Costner. Mm. That's who they rumored had rumored to to play the role, which I think would not have been good because I feel like at, you should have at least acknowledged his brother 
when yeah. you had Sean Connery play the mo- the dad and you and they mentioned the mother, you feel like they would have mentioned a brother. At yeah. That point. So I don't think throwing in a sibling for Indiana Jones would have would have worked. I think that would have worked less than having a son. I personally. agree because any explanation would have just been very right. forced. Would, yeah, exactly. It would have made no sense. Uh, so there are going to be two polls. Uh, uh, on our website, uh, www.hoodwincast.com slash vote. And also the link for that poll is also in our show notes. And uh, the two polls are going to be um, who did a better job arguing which movie is better, like Indiana Jones, Kingdom of Crystal Skull, or Kung Pao. Uh, and then also, who do you think would win Indiana Jones <laughs> versus uh, The Chosen One from Kung Pao? Based on what we've told you about the movies, if you've seen them, if you haven't seen them, we understand. If you want to go watch them, you can do that too. Um, so, so that's what we have, uh, for Indiana Jones, the King with the Crystal Skull going up against, uh, Kung Pao, Enter the Fist. Uh, you can watch both of them, uh, probably wherever you can find them. And, uh, like Chris mentioned at the beginning, which I thought was really good. It's just, you know, whatever you like, like it. Don't let anyone else tell you different. Um, people tell me all the time how bad Indiana Jones, the King with the Crystal Skull is. And I, I just, I, I really enjoy it. So it was nice to just kind of talk about why I like it, why I think it's good. And when I rewatched it, I, I had a good time. I'm glad uh, I'm glad you uh, you enjoyed it. That's great. Uh, so uh, please remember, as always, to uh, make sure you follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Subscribe and rate wherever you listen to podcasts, and please continue to participate in our show for the Hoodwin Cast. This has been Steve, and this has been Chris, and we will see you next time. Bye bye. The Who Would Win cast is not endorsed by any film or television production companies, and is intended for entertainment purposes only. Any and all audio clips are not owned by the Who Would Win cast, and all rights are reserved by the respective copyright holders.